Welcome to the Delicious Brain Waves podcast. I am Brad Tunar, and I'm joined this time by the one and only Ian Jones, or Jonesy as we call him. And we are going to be discussing Svelte. And that's S V E L T E. <laughs> Jonesy, welcome to the show. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me. Excited to be talking to you about this stuff. Yeah. So, Svelte, what, is that Scandinavian? I feel like it is. It sounds like a Scandinavian word. Uh, not that I know of. It's something kind of British, I think, as well. Uh, really? We definitely, yeah, yeah. We definitely use it as a uh, verb, adjective. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Svelte. So Svelte is a JavaScript thing, I'm going to say. <laughs> I almost said framework, but I know yeah. that that's probably not quite right. Um, mm -hmm. And But first, before we get into that, how about we, uh, you, you describe uh, what you do at Delicious Brains? Yeah, so um, I'm one of the developers. I'm a senior software developer. Uh, currently working on the WP Offload Media plugin. Um, I've been working with Delicious Brains for, oh, it's a little over six years now, isn't it? Yep, six um, years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been fun. <laughs> Quite yeah. a ride, seeing as I started when I was uh, living in New Zealand and uh, you stayed with me as I moved to the UK and all this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. it's been great. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I uh, started right. obviously on uh, MigrateDB Pro and then eventually moved over to WP Offload S3 right. as it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a legacy over there on the Migrate project still. Uh, the uh, you're you're best known for the the code behind uh, the uh, multi-site tools add-on, which oh. I believe was almost entirely <laughs> entirely your 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 doing. <laughs> it was. Um, hopefully, they've rewritten it now. <laughs> They haven't. It, it's oh, really no. pretty. They they've uh, tried to not touch it as much as possible. I think is the, <laughs> the sentiment it's, over there. Yeah, I can understand why it was rather complicated. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so now you're working on WP Offload Media, and you have been for a number of years now. Um, so what's going on over there? What are you up to? So at the moment, uh, the big thing we're working on um, is a UI refresh. Um, mm -hmm. We are re redoing the settings page, basically. Um, there's not much more UI to offload media than managing the settings and having some tools. Um, it's, uh, it's not a front-end plugin. Um, but mm. our admin settings is starting to look a little bit tired. Um, compared to other things like the MigrateDB Pro uh, version 2 that's on its way out. Um, mm -hmm. And our, our general sort of design uh, for uh, Delicious Brains. It's had a bit of a revamp over the last couple of years, and uh, the plugin doesn't reflect that at all. Yeah, yeah. And we're doing more than just uh, just painting a new, putting a new uh, coat of paint on it too, right? We're improving some of the user experience, uh, moving things around a little bit to, to make a, a little bit, uh, make, make more room for ourselves uh, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, um, there's quite a little, we've kind of found ourselves um, cornered by some of the current um, UI. Uh, we're not, not able to expand um, and add some of the features we want to add. Mm -hmm. So it needs a little bit of a, um, restructure so that we can add uh, like new tools um, and mm -hmm. uh, other little things that we might be planning. Right. Cool. Yeah. So I guess yeah. So I I had a hand in in what you're implementing right now, uh, but but Lewis did by far the bulk of, of the work there. Um, I guess did I do the wireframes? I guess. That's what I was wondering. I thought you did. You did like the initial concept stuff. You got mm -hmm. kind of the wireframes up and running, and how you envisioned it, um, mm -hmm. and then let Lewis loose on actually putting some design right. into it further. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I barely remember the pro I feel like it must have been like a year ago. <laughs> it well, it I started off yeah, it was. Uh I think we started it quite a while ago. Um and then we kind of put it on the back burner for a little bit because we had other big things to do that we needed to get out. Um there was some mm-hmm. big changes to WordPress we had to do, uh had to catch up with Media Library. Um and then okay. we decided that we needed to do like the cloud front signed URLs and so on. So we kind of pushed back the design a little bit. Mm. Um, but now right. we're kind of at that point where we, we need to do this design change. Yeah. Oh, I'm starting to remember now a little bit because I think I did the wireframes before we did the last release because some of the, uh, some of the things that we had to, uh, implement required considerable changes to the design and and the flow of of the of the ui yeah yeah yeah. i'm starting to remember now i feel like it was a bit of a scramble though because <laughs> i think you did the research and discovered that yes we can do certain things and uh it's possible and then i was like okay and then i just started jumping in there and doing stuff and then lewis uh well actually lewis didn't even mock that part up right until mm-hmm. later um so yeah it was quite a kind of a dynamic process yeah. so yeah, yeah that's interesting yeah this this ui refresh is um it's not just improving the front end it's also helping with the back end of our plugin as mm-hmm. well um it's going to help us um, improve the way that we manage settings and react mm-hmm. to changing settings um, because it's a little bit clunky at the moment because we're we're using old technology um, mm-hmm. and that's all going to improve because we're we're rewriting the front front end as well Right. I noticed you said react to changing settings, uh, <laughs> foreshadowing things to come here. Uh, so what what was so what was the plugin or what is the current plugin? The current release of the plugin. What is it built in? What are the what are the technology stack are we using here? So the current release, um, it's very old school. Uh, well, it's not not necessarily old school, um, but you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, the settings are. Are sent. Um, it's basically built through PHP, so it's HTML that's generated through PHP, um, and then we have um, JavaScript, mostly J- jQuery kind of based. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of manipulating the DOM um, and doing what we want if if we're doing anything remotely fancy. Um, but it's mainly HTML, CSS, um, a smattering of JavaScript. Um, and we're calling, I mean, the settings are mostly saved by posting a form basically back mm. um, to the server. Um, mm-hmm. But we do have some uh, WP, like uh, admin Ajax stuff going on as well. Um, right. Gotcha. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's basically, you know, prior to reactive JavaScript uh world i guess uh we're yeah. using jquery posting to the server getting either json back or or just straight up html back and pump pumping it into the dom that yeah. kind of uh process and so it's, yeah it's old but it's you know it's it's kind of solid um, tried and true you know, yeah. yeah tried and true it's you know it's worked for decades <laughs> this kind sure. of technique. and there there is a simplicity to it isn't there the, and uh I know when we were talking, when I was talking with Pete on here about about React, and one of the things, one of the negatives with reactive frameworks is state, right? And how state can get corrupted, and how the web, just by the nature of when you go from one page to another, it's a complete state refresh every time, yeah. which seems expensive but the advantage of that expense is that you're you're starting from scratch every time so it's like a reboot it's like a yeah. rebooting your your computer every every time so yeah. it, it has its advantages too right yeah that um, that is an advantage to make sure you've got a clean clean slate every time you you refresh the ui but for us mm. it's also causing us problems um because mm. we're trying to do some fancy well it's not even fancy <laughs> we're trying to do kind of wizardy type things um and doing that in a post style, um, post and it's it it is it's clunky. You have Janky, to keep yeah. yeah you have to keep keep tabs on which step you're on um, through params or you know mm. form elements you know whatever. It's right. it's not great. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so we've got that was the state of affairs, and and we're redoing the whole UI. So why not <laughs> try something new? Try something uh, different, better, maybe, maybe better. Um, so we kind of took the plunge with with Svelte here, okay. uh, and you know went against kind of what the most people are choosing that are working with WordPress plugins. Most people are choosing React because that's what WordPress core has chosen. So what the heck are we doing here, Jonesy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> so <laughs> how do I put this? Uh, uh, well, the decision, well, basically you in your infinite wisdom, uh, you gave <laughs> you gave the uh, offload media team, which is now me and Eric, uh, mm -hmm. with uh, with Ian Paulson as um, product manager. You gave mm -hmm. us free reign to kind of decide what we wanted to do, um, mm -hmm. because you know we're the ones maintaining it and uh, having to build it out and stuff. So, as long um, as you could justify it, I will add. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long so, as you make a good case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, um, basically, uh, I proposed, <laughs> um, Svelte, um, mm -hmm. rather than the obvious al alternative, which would be React, um, right. or maybe Vue. Um, mm -hmm. and so <laughs> somehow I managed to convince Eric, um, <laughs> that this is a good idea. Um, and, uh. Well, I'll, I'll say that the way Eric is not a fan of React either, um, or rather, he's, he's he's also had a look at React a few times and never really gone with it. So he wasn't hard to convince, um, and uh, Ian Ian was happy as long as we're both happy um, to go with right. it. Um, right, and right. so you know, we we talked it all over. We exp we thoroughly discussed it after I kind of proposed it. Um, right. And then uh, I believe Ian brought it to you to go ahead, and for some reason you said yes. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Well, here, here's here's the thing. Here's what happened. I actually watched Richard Harris's uh -huh. uh, presentation, uh, "Rethinking Reactivity," where he really challenges uh, some of the notions uh, that React implements. Right. Some of the 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 ways React has been implemented and some of the negatives and and then i have this experience of you know managing pete over on uh, migrate db pro right and he's been working with react for the last 18 months and just banging his head against the wall <laughs> most most of that time yeah. uh, one of the problems i see with react in the wordpress space is that they are still reinventing things on a day-to-day -day basis so and and i've heard this from other uh wordpress plugin authors as well how if if people that have to integrate with gutenberg gutenberg's breaking things mm. as they go right yeah. there that part of wordpress right now is definitely not protecting backward compatibility like the rest of wordpress has in the past and and so like all of these things together amounted to kind of a, a sour taste in my mouth with React. And then I watched this, this, uh, this presentation by the author of Svelte, Rich, yeah. Rich Harris, and, yeah. and he just makes such a great case for how he does. Uh, Svelte uh, overcomes a lot of the problems with, with uh, React. So. Yeah, I I remember um, watching that for the first time because I think I posted to our our private Slack our company Slack um, back in June twenty twenty um, saying oh this has made me very interested in giving Svelte a try um, and it was and linked up his um, his video uh, rethinking reactivity um, and it was it was within well basically it was the next week I was playing with it um, in my own side projects. Um, right. And uh, it was. You know what it. You know what it reminds me of. I don't know if you recall though, but um, uh, uh, John Ress. John Ressig. 
is that his name? The mm-hmm. author of jQuery? Yeah. I remember, I distinctly remember, I can even re- recall scenes of watching his presentation from a conference where he unveiled React or uh, jQuery. And I was just like, yes, this is what we've been missing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, because he kind of like before jQuery, there was there was JavaScript frameworks that allowed you to do things, but it was they just weren't elegant. They weren't mm. it, the pieces just didn't quite fit together, right? Yeah. And then jQuery came along, John came along, and just he put all the pieces together and yeah. just made a beautiful framework. Uh, and I feel like I felt the same way watching Rich Harris's talk. And yeah. uh, so it's, it was really exciting to, to watch. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was because he, the way he, um, he demos Svelte, basically, um, and explains how the reactivity works and how mm-hmm. simple it is and how it's just bas- basically standard HTML with a little sprinkling of this and that. And, and you know, mm-hmm. you know uh, the way it's just basically standards-based um, components with mm-hmm. a little bit of extra you know, syntax here and there that just sort mm-hmm. of binds it all together without having to reinvent the wheel, basically, and mm-hmm. do something all JavaScripty. Yeah. So let's get into like what is Svelte, <laughs> I guess, yeah. like, uh, and and then we'll get into what makes it different from from other frameworks that people might be familiar with. Um. So, um, what is Svelte? Um, it's, it's a compiler. Right. Um, so really, I mean, that's basically, it's, it, you, you, people will call it a framework because it gives you a lot of stuff to play with. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not. It's, um, it is definitely a compiler. Um, because what it's taken is Svelte files, um, which is um, basically HTML. Um, it can a, a, a Svelte file can be just a blob of HTML, um, mm-hmm. but then you can also put in a script tag, and you could also put in a style tag. Um, so would and, these Svelte files be like components in React, similar to a component? Yes. Yeah, you could think of them as a like a component in React and Vue with you know mm-hmm. the single single file components, um, and you basically you just like in any other framework, um, you have like an initialization function that's going to say, "Hey, start my app, instantiate it, and attach it to this DOM element." But mm-hmm. after that, um, hey. You are basically just including a JavaScript file, which has mm-hmm. been compiled by Svelte. Um, mm-hmm. So you're not including. So what does the what does the compiler do besides? I assume it like it changes the Svelte file into JavaScript somehow. Or something? Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, although you've written basically a load of HTML and JavaScript and CSS, um, it will mm. basically bundle it. It will compile and bundle it. Um, into a JavaScript file and optionally a separate CSS file. Um, mm-hmm. Most people take that option because it's it's nice for splitting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then you just basically run that JavaScript file. <laughs> um, and what's happening is, although in in your Svelte components you're saying, "Hey, I would like to for each over this data and generate." Um, this HTML element with these properties that I've just grabbed from this data um, mm. in in the JavaScript um, that's created. Obviously, it's using DOM methods to then create elements and so on. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, what else is different? That I mean, that's pretty different because <laughs> because <laughs> the other other frameworks, so React, Vue, uh, the big ones, mm. uh, those ones. Don't aren't compilers. They, they just you write the stuff and then you, it runs by the browser. That's it, yeah. right? Um, yeah. You might use a, a bundler like a Webpack or something to to change it a little bit, but yep. uh, by and large, what you write is what gets executed, right? Yeah. Um, well, yes, no. Um, 
so with obviously with React and Vue, you have to bundle well, bundle. You have to include in your your application your HTML. You have to link in a framework, um, which is the actual React and Vue um, right. brains, effectively. At the library, uh, right? Yeah, right. the library, um, mm -hmm. and then and then your your application is basically using that framework's um, right. functions to do its work, um, and right. they are very much JavaScript first. You know, you you use a render function, you know, to then right. spit out a lump of HTML and things like that, which is then, right. um, well, we'll probably talk about it later, but which is then used to then diff against a virtual DOM and then eventually do a DOM update. Whereas in Svelte, um, all the knowledge about what's going to happen when you change a bit of, bit of data um, happens up front in the compiler. And so um, it just basically um updates the dom there and then without having to do any kind of diffing and analysis to see what's changed because it already knows what's changed because it changed it um yeah I, I i'm trying to remember the frameworks prior to jake where i can barely i i, I just i can't remember pro prototype was that one yeah that was one prototype was prototype js there's like oh, there's things like Angular and Ember and Th those were reactive though those frameworks I think mm. those were like the early reactive frameworks but there was ones before jQuery that were just trying to help to do jQuery oh. type stuff. Oh, you're going way back. Okay. Way back. I'm going way back. And the reason I am going way back is because I'm I'm pretty sure I recall like some of these frameworks were huge. They they had animation libraries in them and like right. like a big they were big, and I believe you could actually some of the. I, I seem to remember a website like for one of these frameworks where you could actually tick some boxes and then hit download, and it would only download like the components that you were going right. to use because mm -hmm. because that's that's one of the that was almost like an early compiler, you know, like yeah. you could do it that way. But this is the great thing about Svelte, right? You only include the stuff that's needed, right? Compared to React or Vue, right? Where yeah, this it would is include it. So, the whole thing. Yeah, so in the React and Vue world, you're basically including stuff that you need into, um, well, you basically have the, the base framework and then you have to also tack on various other libraries and things that you want and you have to include mm -hmm. them in your HTML. Um, and that's mm -hmm. where things like Webpack and so on come in because then you want to do a little bit of uh, slimming down of things because you don't potentially right. want the entire uh, you know, you you might be including a library that does a whole bunch of stuff, and you only want some part of that. So you might sort mm. of use a bundler or whatever um, to kind of trim it down. Whereas about when it's doing its compiling, it's also doing a tree shaking. Um, so it's it's actually getting rid of any functionality that comes bundled with Svelte. Um, it's just throwing it away if it's never going to be used by the application. If you never include any of the transition or animation stuff, it's just not going to be there in the JavaScript file. So you end up with this lovely small piece of JavaScript um, that's you know dedicated to your your application. So is that what tree shaking means? Is basically like you're shaking leaves that you're not going to use <laughs> yeah. off the tree? Yeah, you know, yeah. Or branches? Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, because you I mean um, you think about yeah a framework has all kinds of branches of functionality and you can just like right. shake them all off. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So the other big thing that I've heard that's different with Svelte versus React, and I'm not, not sure about Vue, but does Vue use a virtual DOM? I know React does, and it's it's always been a source of controversy whether that's good or bad. Um, yeah, I believe does Vue? Vue does, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think, so um, what... go on. Ask a question. Well, so what? What I was going to ask. What? What? What's? So what do you think about that? Is is Svelte? Is that better? Like Svelte doesn't use a virtual DOM. It just uses yeah. the DOM itself. And yeah. is that better or worse? <laughs> it is better. Or does it depend? Um, yeah. Well, yes and no. Uh, so it all depends on the way you want to um, you want to program your app. So the way React works is so basically React took their was born out of um, they, they kind of stole or borrowed whatever you want to say from Elm, 
um, because oh, Elm, okay. yeah, Elm um, started doing this reactive functional programming, um, mm. which they don't actually do anymore, um, but they, they started off that way. Um, mm. uh, and of course, Elm is a very functional language. Um, mm. You do not have any um, object state anywhere. You run a function and it returns something. Um, right. And so the way Elm works is, you know, you... Uh, you have a, effectively a render function. It's called usually an update um, function, um, which basically generates um, the data that you need. And then you have a view um, which analyzes that data and decides what it wants to display. And it's like from that, and it starts from first principles. You have like your initial DOM element, which might be a div that you're hanging everything off. Um, and then you fill it out with all the things that you want to display to, you know, because of the data that you've got. Um, mm -hmm. And React does effectively the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you, have, you have to render eff effectively. I mean, I am talking in very <laughs> general here. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to basically render everything about the app. Um, mm. And that's a lot of work. Um, if you imagine if you were to then update the DOM, as you're going along, rendering the entire application, um, uh, you, would, you would definitely see some flicker, <laughs> that's for sure. Right. You would be seeing everything moving about as it was being generated. Um, mm -hmm. So in the React and Vue world, and presumably others, I'm not, not sure, mm -hmm. um, you use a virtual DOM, which is where that rendering happens to something which is not on the page at the moment. It's some virtual DOM that you are building um, for your application. And this is how you would like the application to look like. Um, and then when you're finished, it does a diff with what the DOM already is in the page um, mm. and works out what it needs to slice and dice as, you know, mm. as cheaply as possible to make the two match up. Um, and right. of course, as it's, as it's doing that, um, something happens and then you run, you re-render the DOM and do another diff and then you do it and again and again and again. So you're doing a lot of rebuilding off this virtual DOM and then different. Mm. Interesting. Svelte, yeah, but Svelte on the other hand, um, it's working purely with the DOM um, and it's compiled and it knows that when such and such piece of data changes, just this one little div is going to change because nothing else mm. in the application touches that piece of data. And so it just updates the DOM in that one little piece. Right. I remember, I remember that was the, a really stark contrast when uh, Rich Harris was doing his talk because he was showing mm. like how much more performant it can be when, yeah. when you're, you're doing some intensive things with the DOM, right? Uh, you yeah. can do uh, a lot. Uh, with with Svelte that is just impossible to do with React. Mm. It just it would just crash the browser <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Rich Rich actually wrote a nice little blog post on the Svelte blog, I think, somewhere where he explains why they don't use the DOM. And you know, mm. I'll put that. Up, I'll get a link and we could put that in the show notes. Um, people yeah. might be interested. Let's in do that. that. Yeah. So you mentioned CSS uh, can go inside the component. Mm. I wonder. Uh, what your thoughts are on that? Because I, I feel like it could get messy if you have to chase your CSS all around, all around these little component files everywhere. Yeah, it could, it could get hard to manage. <clears throat> well, we're not doing that, um, but that's not because I don't want to. <laughs> it's because um, we designed up front and we have everything that we need um, in mm. SAS and CSS. Uh, so we have right. lovely. Uh, componentized SAS that um, we need um, and does everything we want. Um, and our design is very comfortable with that, so we'll go with it. Um, but we could be using CSS in the components. Um, and the beauty of that is that it's very targeted. It's basically like using SAS, but without using SAS, because you are on a component, you're saying, right, okay, um, this this version of a button is my primary button. So it's going to have this slightly different styling. Um, because if you're doing lots of components and they've got inheritance and whatever, you can override 
um, stuff um, mm. from a, like a base CSS class and just say, okay, my buttons normally look like this in the base CSS, but for this component, I want to do this. Um, right, right. That makes sense. If it's if it's very specific to that particular component and that's it, that's all the mm -hmm. styles ever will apply to, that makes a lot of sense. I, I could see, though, without good discipline among the development team, that it yeah. could get nasty, right? Like, it would it does require a policy of, like, you know, yeah. don't be copying and pasting styles between <laughs> components, for example, you know? Yeah, it depends. I guess it depends on how, how you how well your your components are kind of normalized effectively. Um, if you don't have a lot of um, duplication across components, then it'll probably work really well. Um, mm -hmm. But if you do have lots of similar components there where you want to tweak them in a similar way and then do a little bit extra, you could get into that. But the thing is with tooling these days, like if you're using like a JetBrains or um, yeah, VS Code, you know, how hard is it to do a quick search from a place and update all those CSS elements that you want to update, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So how does the documentation compare for Svelte versus other, other frameworks? Well, I don't, I can't compare them because I don't really use any of the others. <laughs> Although right. I've got to say, when we did, I did do a bit of Vue um, and I did enjoy um, Vue immensely. Um, hmm. And their documentation was great, um, but mm -hmm. Svelte's is good, is really good. Um, they've got this lovely setup of um, having um, a really nice tutorial, which has a built-in REPL, um, and then you have also an API um, for when you're just looking for that one little thing and you just want to, you know, find out exactly how that one little thing works. Again, there's a there's a REPL um, available on its own, so you could quickly try things. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's a few examples as well that kind of explain in more detail uh, what you've maybe learned in the um, in the tutorial. Um, and alongside that, I guess there's a REPL as well, yeah. Um, nice. So the documentation's been really good. Um, I've really I've, I've found everything I wanted um, when it, when it comes to actually trying to. I just can I I can't remember quite you know such and such. It's easy to find it in the in the documentation there, on the site. Right. And, nice. And felt I I, uh, I want to make a point right now because I I should have we probably should have addressed this earlier. I just realized. I bet you there's a bunch of people. Well, out of the ten people who listen to this podcast, <laughs> I bet you several of them. <laughs> Are, are thinking, oh, what are they talking about? Going with the latest JavaScript hotness, you know, these crazy people, right? Well, Svelte is not that new, right? Look, React yeah. is seven years old, right? The initial release of React was seven years ago. Svelte's four years old. It was released mm. in 2016. So yeah. it's, it's not brand new. It's been well, it's around. On, for it's on version three, you know, version three yeah. point something. Um, mm -hmm. they've, they've definitely iterated on it. Um, and the, this last version three, um, they've really dialed it, dialed it in, um, from what I can tell. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I didn't start yeah. using it until version three. Um, right. That's when it came to my attention when they were showing all the fancy dollar colon and so on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of contempt though, for people choosing a framework or a JavaScript framework that's not mainstream because of mm. that right because because there's so many of them right there's a there's a new one every day and this all this right um but i don't think svelte falls into that category of of you know flavor of the day it's mm. it's been around four years it's only three years younger than than react yeah uh and it's got a solid developer behind it uh much like Vue.js also has a is it Evan Yu, who's, yeah, who's the Vue developer yeah. thing? Um, and, and yeah, we're big fans of Vue here as well. Like we yeah. spin up WP is all in Vue. Uh, and so, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think anyone should dismiss Svelte just because they haven't heard of it, because it oh. sounds like the flavor of the day, right? I yeah. don't think it is that. So. Uh, well, it seems as though there's a lot of interest in it. Um, it seems to be gaining traction rapidly. Um, and you hear quite a bit of um, React people 
moving across this felt because you know uh maybe maybe they're just maybe they're just trying out this new shiny thing um mm. but if they've got interested in the component file way of using react um and then seeing how clean and simple svelte is how mm. kind of standards almost like a standard compliant way of doing um reactive programming um i think i think there's a lot of heads turning basically at the moment towards svelte right uh, right and i mean so you've been using it to build the next version of offload media mm-hmm. for what four weeks now something like that four uh yeah four weeks of actual yeah of actual time on it yeah because because we had yeah, christmas yeah. break and so on right yep. so how has it been going are you enjoying <laughs> it uh i'm enjoying it immensely um <laughs> right <laughs> it's it's um it's one of those things where um so I have a daily I have a daily stand up um with Eric my my teammate on offload media mm-hmm. um and uh when when I'm talking about what I did yesterday or what I'm about to do or you know that kind of stuff Eric's just he, he says um I just grin from ear to ear when I'm talking about Svelte um because <laughs> <laughs> he says he says it's lovely to see someone who's so thoroughly enjoying their work um, right. Because it is, it's, it's it's a blast to work with. It's um, we were talking about it just the other day actually, and, he, and we were both saying it's like when you first started um, working on your basic computer, and all of a sudden you right. could like do you know print, you know right. print Hello World, you know go to ten, you know whatever it was, and all of a sudden you had like this control and you could do these things, um, mm. and you you just uh, you started. Uh, dabbling right. and enjoying the new world that you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it just sounds like me and jQuery. When I when jQuery came along, it was a game changer for me, and I was just like, "This is what I've been waiting for my whole freelancing career." You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. here, here it is, jQuery. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if someone finally figured it out, you know, uh, I feel like Laravel probably is in also another example of this. There's been PHP frameworks that have come and gone over the years, and finally, finally, Taylor Otwell comes along and just nails it with with Laravel, right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, it sounds like I haven't used Svelte myself, uh, and I haven't seen much of it, but it sounds like Svelte is is that for JavaScript as well. So that's yeah. really cool to see. It's is when you when you start to um, dive in and you're you're easily cutting up your HTML and creating all these components and this lovely infrastructure and you still have um, full control over what's going on. Um, So they've got um, this thing called stores, um, which is where you generally put your data um, and it's reactive data store. Basically, Um, you, you know, you might, um, you might click a a toggle button um, on your UI. Um, and it's bound to a little piece of data which is being um, routed through this store um, and it updates something else on the screen. Um, mm. And it's beautiful when that happens and uh, it's um, one of those things where all of a sudden you have this great power because you can also do these various other things that hang off this data store. Um, you can create derived and custom data stores that have all this extra functionality um and then go off and do things like go fetch some data from the back end um on you know as a reaction to something that's happened um mm-hmm. you get a lot of lot of power um while you're still doing just very simple things on in your little component uh which you have uh which you can totally and easily you can easily reason about because it is just this little piece of functionality that's just controlling this one piece on your UI um, mm. And you don't get lost. You don't get lost in the weeds, which is quite nice. Mm. Um, I, f- I remember uh, reading, or no, it was a video, I think, someone made that they were grappling with what React is. <laughs> and and they, they kind of uh, figured out that it was a programming language for UIs, is what they ended yes. up 
yeah. calling it. I wonder, like that resonated with me from what I understood of React. It, it made more sense to me than calling it like a JavaScript framework. It sound, it's more mm. like a, you know, a programming language for UIs. Yeah, that makes more sense in my head. Um, I wonder, does that, does Svelte feel like a programming language for UIs as well? Or is it, is it more of a JavaScript framework in your mind? No. Um, so where React is very much a JavaScript framework and you feel like you are programming the UI by, mm -hmm. you know, you're actually using JavaScript and you're in manipulating bits of text to then create your, your HTML and so on effectively. Um, you can, you can do other things, uh, with different mm -hmm. extra bolt-ons basically with, um, with Svelte, it feels like you're doing things, um, in a more declarative way. Um, you are, you're, you're basically creating the HTML that you would like to be seen. Um, and then you're adding a little bit of smarts to it. So you're, mm. you might have like, maybe you've got two different, um, in, in one small component, you might have like two different things you want to show depending on the state or something. So something's on, something's off. In that case, you know, show this or show that. And you just basically wrap it with a little if statement, um, which is then just looking at this one little piece of data. Um, um, you're not doing, you're not creating a function to then render a component and all this kind of stuff. You're just saying, okay, I want this HTML um, and I want it to be visible under this scenario. And that's you. And that's, and that's all you need at that time. Um, oh, mm -hmm. and by the way, when you click this button, I just want it to go off and update this one little piece of data. And then mm. off it goes and does it. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm wondering how it compares to Vue um, and what, or maybe a better question is, why, why did you choose Svelte <laughs> over Vue for offload media? Yeah. Uh, and do you feel like it was still a good choice? It sounds like you did, but you do. But. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely feel like I made the right choice. Um, mm. I do like Vue. Um, so back in the day, I did a blog series on reactive uh, programming for uh, mm -hmm. WordPress plugins. Um, and uh, I think the second one I did was Vue. Um, mm -hmm. after backbone, um, so, <laughs> um, and that was I a short lived, yeah. short lived framework. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's still there, <laughs> um, yeah, in, in WordPress. Ugh. Um, but yeah, uh, view, uh, I really liked it and I really do like it. Um, and I get, and I think the guys that are doing the spin up stuff, they enjoy it too, don't they? They do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. What I did like about it was the same thing that I really love about um, Svelte is the single file components um, and how you have control um, over um, your, your hierarchy and, um, it, you, you, you know, and you can have this nice separation of concerns, basically. Um, mm -hmm. But what I didn't like about Vue um, is the way that it's very, um, the syntax in it is still very specific to Vue. Um, you have mm -hmm. to have like, you, like your HTML has to be wrapped in a template. Um, and it's still very much, it is JavaScript, a JavaScript framework that is basically taking this HTML and then doing something with it. Um, parsing it. Yeah. Parsing <laughs> it, you know, um, and it has all these, like, it still has, um, I don't know, I can't remember the syntax. It's been a while since I looked at it, but it still has like a, basically a render function and like a data function. I thought we had. And you have to like return this information from JavaScript before you can do anything. And it just yeah. doesn't feel like it's not, that's not the web. That's JavaScript, right. you know, um, where Svelte mm -hmm. is very much web first. It is like you're using web technologies um, and then, you know, sprinkling fairy dust. Sprinkling stuff on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that that explanation that that yeah. seems better to me too like i i don't yeah i don't like um adding you know attributes to html that are not official official mm. html yeah so like view has the v dash whatever things that yeah. go on yeah yeah with Svelte it feels, does, it feels a little naughty to be doing yeah. that. <laughs> Svelte does very little of that it's got um so it's using things like you have like an on colon click 
to then catch, mm-hmm. you know, catch a click here or on this, on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and so it's, it's not doing I, any kind of felt specific yeah, stuff, I, apart from when you get into like the weeds, when, you, when you're doing um, stuff where it's like, okay, there is no way of doing this in a HTML thing. Like we're doing yeah. dynamic rendering of components. So we do like a Svelte component and then give it some stuff. Um, so yeah. Right. But I, uh, I remember back in the day, uh, we used to just do on click. We used to put that right in the <laughs> HTML. And then uh, at a certain point, uh, you know, everyone kind of agreed that is wrong. Bad developer, bad developer. <laughs> You don't put your events in the JavaScript in the HTML. You put them in your JavaScript, and you yeah. you uh, instantiate the event and have a handler for that event right in your JavaScript yeah. file. Yeah, um, and that I think that's where the, the, the aversion comes from for for me. It's just like it feels wrong, you know. But uh, yeah. but I realize I am way out of date when it comes to this kind of stuff. So yeah, well, in, um, that, in that mechanism, you're basically creating a JavaScript. Um, application again that just attaches itself to the DOM and says, okay, I'm watching the DOM for this event, you know, and right. then I'm going to do something. Um, right. Whereas it's the other way around. You're basically saying, okay, when something happens on this DOM, then go do something else. It's, you know, yeah. you're basically, it's one of the, you know, yeah. turn it on it. So how does, uh, so so you, you've done quite a bit with Elm, uh, mm. which I think is, not very mainstream of a, a JavaScript. No, not at all. Is it a fr- would it be considered a framework? Do you think? Uh, well, Elm? again, it's a com- well, it's compiler again, actually. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess I've I've got a bit of an affinity for compilers. I guess <laughs> I do like compilers. <laughs> I like I mean I like static types, which is a big bonus mm-hmm. with Elm. Um, having having proper types, um, the safety that comes from types is great. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, but there was no way I was going to convince anyone to use Elm at Delicious Brains. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too far out. It's um, mm-hmm. it's it's great. Um, it's fast. Um, it's one of those things which is super safe. Um, right. uh, they don't have like one-time errors generally, um, unless you really try hard. Um, <laughs> but when I, I also, as part of that blog series on reactive programming, uh, did my third my third post was Elm, and that's where I fell in love with Elm again. I keep falling in love with things I blog about. Um, and uh, so it's all your fault, Brad. Um, right. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and it was great and I loved it. Um, but it's just um, too alien for, it's not mainstream, as you said. It's very hard for some people to get their head around functional programming. And it's, mm-hmm. and it is, you know, all this pure functions and things. And there are some, some problems with it when you start to get large applications. It's hard to maintain. Um, you have mm. to work a little bit harder mm. to get things straight. I, I see a note here that you're not even using it on your, your side project, your new side project even. So <laughs> no. are you, have you fallen out of love with it then? Are you fully? I wouldn't say fallen out of love with it, but... Is is uh, is uh, felt your new Twinkie? <laughs> it is, yeah. I've been, yeah. It's like that meme where it, you know my head's been turned. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So, because after after I started playing with uh, Svelte just to see what it was about, yeah, my my side project that I do, I I have this little side project that I just use for um, playing with any new technology, um, and so at the moment that. That is being built with uh, a Go back end and a Svelte front end, um, oh, wow. and uh, yeah, it's and I'm loving it. And that's how I, um, you know, I just tried it out on on their Svelte um, and uh, couldn't get enough of it. Basically, it's just it's great. It's just it's just so natural. That's I mean for me, it's natural. Others maybe not. Maybe other people only think in like a JavaScript first way, but for me, mm. I feel. I, I think of a more um, almost like a visual way about um, web front ends. I know what I want mm-hmm. to see. I know the, the HTML that's going to be there. And then I, I know, then I kind of understand what I need to do to get it. Um, to bring it to life. Yeah. yeah. So Svelte is a compiler and Elm is a compiler. Can mm. Svelte 
add static typing then in the future if they wanted to? Well, they already have, yeah. So, oh, funny enough, do. yeah. Well, Svelte is it, you can you can write TypeScript um, in oh. your Svelte. Um, so basically, most people use a um, a bundler effectively um, called Rollup um, to build their their Svelte applications. Um, and that's also written by Rich Harris originally. Um, uh, it's, you could think of it as a, an alternative to Webpack, um, but a lot simpler, a lot easier to work with. Um, and that, that can pre-process TypeScript that's in your Svelte, um, as long as you put the right um, markings on it. Um, and you can have like TypeScript um, files in your application instead of JavaScript, and it'll just quite, just handle it. Um, mm -hmm. so you, and funnily enough, Svelte itself is written in TypeScript. So, <laughs> really, wow, yeah. okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. um, but basically, I mean, um, I use or everyone bar those that are dedicated TypeScript use ES6 syntax JavaScript, um, and that's one of the beauties of using um, Rollup, um, is that it is dedicated to like. You you use standard ES6, um, and it will compile basically your application to something that can be consumed by any browser that that's not quite up to scratch with ES6 yet. And so really? it basically compiles it down to plainer JavaScript. Huh. Interesting. That's cool. Nice. Is there anything else we should cover here, or should we wrap it up? I think we covered a lot. Uh, I think we, we did actually cover a lot. Um, yeah, we've talked about, um, we didn't really talk about the things like the transition and motion and animation frameworks that come with it. Um, oh, but, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, there's not much to say it's apart from. <laughs> there's not much to say, yeah, bar that it's, um, it's dead easy to do that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And that's probably born from the fact that Rich Harris, who you know, is the original creator of this. He works for the New York Times, and his job is basically to create um, data rich, stuff, yeah. yeah, data rich stuff like you know mm -hmm. uh, graphs and things that uh, yeah, explain how something's gone on. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I think we we covered quite a bit. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll put uh, all the things we mentioned in the show notes, and uh, yeah, maybe. If anyone has any questions, uh, comment on this, on this thing or tweet us on Twitter and uh, we'll get Jonesy to answer your questions. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jonesy. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Take care.